It's go time. Previously on Third Down Gamble. So we'll see if they come for a defensive overhaul and get those pieces, or if some of those will hit the market, we'll be talking about them. A Third Down Gamble Quick Kick. And as if Edmonton hasn't had enough to deal with this winter, now this. Welcome everyone to Quick Kicks. I'm Don Charbon. Heath Graham is back with me and we have a special guest from Edmonton, Andrew, of the Turf District. Rebranded. Well done, buddy. Hey, thank you. Um, it's nice to be uh, back. I think we, we took a couple months break and I was thinking, geez, I'm missing Don. we got to sit down and chat some more football. And, and uh, now's a, a good time, as it seems, because news doesn't stop. It is a part of... I think the pro sports world that we, as kids, I don't ever remember this happening that much, but now it seems like every day, what happened? <laughs> Who yeah. got signed? Who got cut? <laughs> and and then what happened in Edmonton just totally caught me off guard. I, I was just sitting down to lunch. I thought, oh, I'm going to check Twitter, see what's up. And there it is. <laughs> yeah, I got to, you know, I had uh, two texts come to me from Superfan Mike. Uh, back to back. And the first one was the tweet from Farhan Lalji saying, I'm hearing that uh, Edmonton football team coach Scott Milanovic is uh, about to resign uh, for an NFL opportunity, followed by the Chris Jones tweet of Edmonton football team, hey, let's win another. And the only thing that was underneath it was FFS, which we all know what that stands for. And <laughs> I, Fun for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think my response was, you're kidding. It's it's just another one of those things. And I know we talked about this when I've been on last year. And it was just like every time we turned around, we thought, okay, oh, now we're going to be solid. We're going to have some good things to talk about, right? Then – Oh, okay. Now they're going to change the coach. Okay. Jason Moss is going to go. We're, we're finally going to get rid of the, the, he's always a issue on the sidelines and we're going to move forward and oh, this is going to be great. Right. Oh my goodness. Brock has brought in Scott Milanovic. How did he make that happen? That is unreal. We have this, we now have a, a, a good coaching staff. This is going to be interesting. And then COVID hits and now we have no season and oh oh by the way yeah we're gonna change the name of the team and oh oh right by the way uh yeah there is no gray cup oh and then uh and you know and then Joey Moss is gonna pass away and then our coach is just gonna up and leave in two weeks from free agency I'm like really like wh when do we get the good news like there's got to be some good news in there somewhere right he did not lose a game as head coach there's your good news yeah totally undefeated <laughs> yeah Undefeated, yeah. Uh, Grant and joins a long list of coaches that like to bolt from Edmonton out of nowhere for some reason. Yeah. Well, we know of one specifically that did it in the last five years. Also did it in Regina and in every stop he was in before. He pretty much just. But he wasn't a head coach in those other stops. True. True. I mean, he wasn't a, a GM and player of operations and an assistant president and everything else. Yes. Exactly. So I, I look at it as uh, that's funny because a lot of people were asking right away, well, would you take Coach Jones back? And I said, well, why? why? I understand he can run a good defense. So can Noel Thorpe. Why in the world would you get somebody that you know is 
just not here for the long term at all. Like there's not even a a hint of wanting to be here for any kind of long term. Then the moment a sniff came of some opportunity in NCAA or, or NFL, he'd be gone. There there would be no reason to bring that back as far as I'm concerned. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there too with Milanovic was also the offensive coordinator. So you've got a, a solid defensive coordinator there in Noel Thorpe. So why bring in somebody like Jones that's a defensive specialist? What's he going to bring? I mean, you two can both speak to it more than I can about him kind of abandoning your teams. So, you know, he's a, he's an interesting player that he's kind of thrown his name in there to almost beg for a job. But I don't know if he would be actually on the team's radar at this point. I think that just because of the history that he has as a head coach, you know, maybe not so much specifically in Saskatchewan, but definitely in Edmonton and Calgary and Montreal, Toronto even, where he won Grey Cups as a coordinator or head coach. There, there's no doubt that players want to play for him. I, I would never argue that. And I would never argue the fact that he is an amazing defensive mind. I just think that the trend is one and done, right? Like, <laughs> Or how quickly can I get to the next thing that's going to be what I, in my view, seem better. And I would like to have a guy that comes in and wants to actually be part of something better. And let's make this better on, on a whole front and not just we're going to last until the next offer comes. He was hired as head coach in Edmonton on, this is Chris Jones, on the 27th of November of 2014. He leaves December, officially December 6th of 2015. Right. Four great cup victories as a coach, never the same team twice. Right. Which, and that tells you, right? As soon as the opportunity is there, he's gone. And I don't want to take anything away from the fact that when you're in football in general, you only have so many years and you really want to take the money while you can. I, I get that. Right. And I get the, especially like when he went from Edmonton to Saskatchewan, he was given a whole new bunch of power and roles. And, and I, I understood that. Right. I don't like the way he did it at all. And I think now if you bring him back into this situation, you're just setting yourself up for a power struggle you don't need to have. So do you feel better about Milanovic stepping away than you did when Jones left? Is this on better terms? Uh, a little better, not a lot, <laughs> just because I, I, I understand it. Don't get me wrong. We had one league that played la uh, this last year and one league that didn't. And so I can see where the draw would be to go to something that is going to be more likely to happen. Not to say that the CFL isn't likely to happen. I'm just saying that right now we know they, they push ahead. The NFL is big enough they can push ahead and it might be a better opportunity. And maybe he's really looking forward to working with Marcus Brady again. Maybe they have a different type of connection that he really wants to have. So I can see the draw there. I am upset, though, that and I think Brock said it best when they interviewed him afterwards. He said, if we had had the chance to play last season, I think Scott would have stayed for more seasons because he would have had the experience and a chance to see how he could grow over a time frame but right now it's like he never really got out there so might as well take the change now right it's just crappy timing that's the part that I have a hard time with that's the part that is frustrating yeah I mean he's he's had NFL experience in the past so it's understandable that he's kind of drawn back there with a great opportunity you know I, I think what it does to the Edmonton team right now though is he's been trying to build something He's had a year without any games, but working towards putting a good product on the field this year, now he's walked away from that. So there's a lot of, 
of question marks as to what direction the team goes now. His he he's been sculpting, if you will, uh, but didn't get a chance to uh, to see the finished product. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with free agents over the next little while. And we're going to get into the the full free agent market here in a couple of weeks. It's kind of put them at a tough spot. Oh, I agree wholeheartedly. Especially, like you said, two weeks out of free agency, kind of hard to sign guys when the guys don't know who they're going to be playing for. They're going to have to believe in the other guys that are on the team because you don't know. A, A head coach could come in and decide, well, I'm replacing the entire staff. Or we could have a head coach that comes in and says, you know what? I know enough about this staff that we'll go with it this year and next year we'll see if I have to make changes. Or, I mean, there's lots of things that can happen with that. And sometimes as a player, I would want, I would think anyway, I I think, try to think about it in the real world, which I know is a bit different. But if I'm going to a job, if the GM is the one that interviews me and says, well, I think, you know, I think you would really fit in this role, but I'm not really sure who you're going to report to yet. I don't know that I'm really jumping at the shot to to join that particular uh, business, right? So I think they're, even though they have said that they're trying not to put a timeline on it to actually get the right hire and, and move things, I think unspoken, th- there is kind of a timeline of you got to have a coach in place so guys know who they're playing for. I just want to cycle back just for one second. I don't see how quarterbacks coach is better than head coach. I don't care if it's the NFL or not. I don't see how Edmonton would be obligated to let him go under those circumstances. That's not a step up in my books. Fair. um, But I think that a lot of people, including people who are in the CFL, would tell you it's an NFL shot, which is going to be more money, more like it's better for your family, closer to home. I've heard we've said this many times, like even American players that come up here to play in the CFL, we love them. But we know that their ultimate goal is to be playing back home and and to make life changing money that happens in NFL. Right. I, I, I Josh Smith had just said that on Podsky BB this week. They they want to get back there, and I I think this same kind of thing happens. And so when it sounds to me like Brock and Scott have a pretty good relationship as well, like a, a pretty good friendship, and and I think there would be the understanding of well, this is actually uh, I get it. You're not moving up in title, but you are moving up in money and opportunity. So uh, it, to me, it seems like a better opportunity than when Jones went to Cleveland as a defensive consultant or whatever his title was this is actually a an offensive coaching job um i can understand why he's making that step cfl players all wear a face mask for safety with covid19 on our field we also need to wear our masks to keep everyone safe do your part be a team player Milanovic, if you look at his career, his success has been in Canada. Right. What did he do with Jacksonville? He did make Gardner Minshew kind of a name, a known name. Like he does know. The thing is, is that in in Jacksonville, even if the quarterbacks were great, he didn't have a lot of support around the rest of the team, right? So it's kind of hard to just say, well, he didn't do anything. Like obviously he did something. But I think... um, I think that's where the, he's known as a quarterback guy. That's where I can see where he would actually, he could make a difference down there now because we know uh, if it's, if it is with the Colts, 
yeah, they're probably looking at trying to get a big name, whether it's Stafford or Watson or some of these big names. He gets a chance to work with a guy like that. That could and and they have a good supporting cast there in their offensive line and things could make an entirely different big difference, right? But if you're Stafford or Watson, does Milanovic mean anything to you? And do you go to Indianapolis because of that? I think there are other reasons why you play in Indianapolis. I, I don't argue that he's a great quarterback coach because right. everywhere he goes, the quarterback play improved. And you kind of thought that him and Harris would be a great match. Well, And they had worked together before and they already knew each other. Honestly, that was another thing that went through my mind as soon as I heard this news is, well, who are they going to bring in that's going to keep Trevor happy? Because... We, we kind of need to keep Trevor happy. We're, we don't have a lot of other quarterback options at this particular moment. And there's one name that comes up when you think of that is Jamie Elizondo. Agreed. He's worked with Harris a bit. If you're looking at an offensive-minded coach, somebody that's worked well with Harris, I would say he's probably your number one contender right now. Oh, I would agree. Elizondo is probably the lead candidate out of the bunch. Although Chris Jones, to me, it's, it's he's like that date that you know you shouldn't go to the dance with but you just can't <laughs> avoid and Superfan actually texted three of the seven members of the current board of directors in Edmonton right. were there when Jones left last time and I'm sure they've got long memories that may be an uphill climb for him well, I, I hope they do have long memories because we need to not have that. All. I, I honestly don't think it would be – there'd be some people that would be excited because they automatically – what they remember with Chris Jones is, hey, we had a great – we got a great cup. I, I don't know. I think there's not enough people that would have to think, okay, but in, in a year or two years – it's, he's going to pick up and leave, and then we're going to be stuck in the same position again, right? Uh, yeah, I, I I agree with you, Heath, that Elizondo, I, I'm hoping, is high on that list. And because now there isn't a specific situation where he is under contract with the XFL, which is what held him back from probably getting the job the last time, then I think he could, he could be coming up to... Uh, at least be an option. And, and I think he would be a top option because I don't think his offense is that much different than Milanovic's offense either. So at least the system that they've been doing zoom calls and learning over the last year, it wouldn't be a complete overhaul to do it over the, you know, five, six months before we hopefully, hopefully, hopefully have training camp. And it's nice to see the CFL getting some fresh faces in there as head coach, right? We've seen Winnipeg gave O'Shea his first head coaching job. He got the championship here this last year. You know, Hamilton's had a former player as head coach. BC, it didn't work out great uh, for a first-time head coach there. But, you know, another name that comes up is Jim Barker. And it's just, to me, that's kind of recycling some of the same old. So I definitely like the direction that a lot of other teams have gone with, with giving somebody fresh a chance and... You know, that's, I think, why I think Elizondo would be a, a great choice for them as their next coach. Yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly agree. The other the other name that truly intrigues me is uh, Mark Killam out of Calgary. And he has been touted as a, the next good coach. And um, now coming in with a special teams background, so then they'd have to figure out something to do, who is going to be the OC or who's going to, you know, I don't think, I don't know that Winston October is ready to be an OC yet. I, I think he's probably getting close, but uh, who do they bring in to kind of run the offense if they do that? On the other hand, when you look at Killam, he comes from an amazing pedigree of coaches. 
uh, in Calgary. He knows how that program runs, and I hope that he would bring some of that intensity and, and that type of program success up here. Um, but I, I, I think, again, it's one of those people, like you just said, Heath, give a young guy a shot that is highly touted, that has a lot of uh, good positives in his background, and let's see what happens. So I still like Elizondo because it seems to be more consistency to me in comparison, but I, I'm definitely open to the fact that Mark Killam um, interviewed really well last time. Maybe it's time to give a different guy a shot. Elizondo, if he doesn't get this job, he's going to feel snake bitten by the CFL <laughs> because <laughs> he, he wanted to get out of Ottawa and apply for the rider's job and he wasn't allowed. Then the XFL steps in the way and says, you can't apply for the Edmonton job. Right. If he, now he's unfettered, he can actually go and talk to people and say, I'd like to apply. And may I apply? And if he doesn't get this job, he's going to be scratching his head. Like, what do I have to do? Yeah. Well, no no kidding. Right. And, uh, and and there is no doubt that Brock has connection to him because he knows him from Ottawa. And I don't know if you've looked at our roster lately, but we're pretty good at having guys from Ottawa think that that might play a role as well and I I don't want to just sign up and say Elizondo get the job but I I think like you said the inside track is there the other thing though I I just want to keep in mind is that Brock has surprised us so many times with moves out of the blue like when he found out that Mike Riley is leaving and on the opening day of free agency he's got Trevor Harris and Sir Vincent Rogers and Greg Ellingson all signing up. No, like nobody saw that come. I, I, we, I think some of us, there were rumors that Harris might be coming, but to get that type of caliber people coming and Larry Dean at the same time, like it was, it was an amazing free agency and he surprised us all. When we did the coaching this last time and they, they said goodbye to Moss and Milanovic was on nobody's radar and then out of the blue oh we're talking to Milanovic and guess what he's the coach so I I just don't want to rule out the fact that Elizondo is I think a great choice and I and I I think that Killam would be a great choice but I I don't know what Brock has done in the last year and who else he's been talking to that it might be that a name completely out of the blue uh, that still has CFL experience because he's been very clear that whoever is going to be the head coach needs to have three down ball experience, but it, it might be somebody none of us have thought of. And all of a sudden it's a, a different guy that we, we didn't think. And, and that's a good fit too. Does anybody see any trouble with teams not letting a coach talk or do you think it's pretty wide open? I know famously Winnipeg didn't let Lapo talk to the riders um, when Jones left there, it worked out actually well, I think, for, for everybody involved. Don may or may not agree with uh, Craig Dickinson in Saskatchewan, but is there anybody that you see is going to be blocked or is it wide open? We're early enough in the process that they don't have any problems with giving somebody that opportunity. I think it's really going to depend on the team and it, it obviously it would have to be a promotion, right, where you're coming from. Uh, like I said, a special teams coordinator or an offensive coordinator that then is going to come in. I think it'd be hard to pull a lot of offensive coordinators out right now, just because they, again, they've spent this last year in a bunch of zoom calls installing an offense. I, I think it might be harder to do this year than other years where they would be like, okay, well, we need to, you know, let you move forward. But I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say. Well, Elizondo left Ottawa on April the 1st of 2019 
and he went to the XFL to join Tressman. Old coordinators leave at all kinds of the <laughs> times of the year, it seems. I, I would be a little bit concerned about that, the fact that he just said, oh, well, that's it. I'm out of here. That close to training camp. And you know what, though? I can I see your point. On the other hand, he had felt slighted at least twice, right? Um, and so I think that I think that might have been uh, there's a more to it for him to just say, okay, I, I need to get out of here, right? Whereas if you if you're treating your coaches fairly and you are saying, okay, this is a move up for you, I'll let you interview for that and then I will plan for I, I, I I'm the GM, I need to have a backup plan <laughs> for what's gonna happen with if that happens then none of that happens, right? You don't get the last minute ditch. But if you're going to keep messing with a guy and not really giving him a chance to get anywhere, he's going to be like, fine, then I'll just go to a different league. Like that's, uh, I'll show you, right? It does beg of the question though. Do coaches maybe have to be subject to something that players are subject to where you've got that window where if you want to look to the NFL, that's your chance right there. And then after that, your contract is your contract and away you go. But where do you start that window? I mean, Super Bowl hasn't been played yet. So I know there's been a bit of movement around the NFL. There's been some guys definitely fired and there's been a couple of coaches hired. But realistically, we're playing Super Bowl first, second weekend of, or first weekend of February and then you build from there. So you had a couple of months, you're now at the, you know, first, second week of April. Where do you close the window? You got to give the guys opportunity. So I think they've, they've got to have that, that time to look around. I think you do it as after Grey Cup, obviously, but then after the regular season is over in the NFL, because most of the firings that are going to create real opportunities are happening then in that week. And if you can't find a job within a couple weeks or three weeks of that, I think there's too much of a, uh, what's the right word? Like camaraderie between GMs and coaches because half the, half the time that when a GM is hiring a coach, it's, it's somebody that they know, somebody that they trust. Oh, and usually they're friends outside of, of just being boss and, and employee kind of idea. Right. So I, I, even if there was a, a window set in place, I think there might be a lot of discussion of, well, th- like I have this opportunity and I think most GMs are going to say, you know what, you're right. And why am I standing in your way? And I think that's kind of where these things happen, right? So um, I I don't know that putting a window in would specifically help. Would, would I like the coaches to have more like a contract more like the players and the fact that their contracts are guaranteed or something, or only a portion of it is guaranteed. Like they, which I think they should do for the players. I don't know. I, I think there's a, I think there's a way that it could be a little more fair. I, I think there's a double standard between players and coaches, but do I, do I think a window changes that? Probably not. I can just see a GM saying it's okay. I get it. It's, it's an opportunity. I, I don't want to hold you back. Go do it. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to be known as the GM that, denies people yeah because when you do that then your offensive coordinator leaves a few days before training camp and goes and plays in a different league (laughs) right so that's uh we don't want that to happen so yeah yeah so mark killam he is an alberta boy yes and that's always something that's nice 
He's been with the Stampeders, what, 15 years? I have no idea how long he's been. I know it's been a long time, it's, though. He's been there for three Grey Cups. That puts him at least 13. Okay, yep. Yeah, that, that means he's got experience and he's worked his way through the ranks to get to be assistant coach now. And, and players say they love him. Like, I know Rob Maver even on Twitter said, okay, hey, here you have a redo, um, pick it right this time, and said Mark kill him. Now, granted, he played for him, and he really liked playing for him, and that's great. Um, does that mean that he's going to be great as a head coach? It doesn't automatically mean it, but it, it sure helps if the players are like, yeah, I like playing for that guy. Because I know I've talked to some alumni and players where they're like, yeah, that coach was not fun. Like I've had that too, right? So, so you want to have that balance for sure. It's just a matter of how. Again, if you're going to bring Mark Killam in, then w- what other pieces need to fall? Who's going to be OC? Who's how is he going to run that? Is he is he going to bring in his own staff? And then does that disrupt other things? Like who knows, right? So Dickinson, when he got the job in Saskatchewan, not much changed outside of him. Like he he got the job. Most of the coaches stayed put. They were all given a year to audition. But that was promoting from within. It was a little different with Dickinson because he had been with the rest of those coaches in Edmonton for a couple of years, in Saskatchewan for a couple of years. They promoted from within and he went up to head coach. It's still all of the personalities and guys that he knows and has been coaching with for a number of years. If you bring in an outside head coach like Mark Killam here now, you're going to bring him in with guys that he may know of, but may not have worked with. That's a different personality set and all those types of things. So is that going to work or is he going to come in and say, you know what? I'm the head guy. I I want my guys to be here to help me make this happen. Right? Like you can't tell me that Mark Killam comes in as a head coach and in the back of his mind, something doesn't go, huh? I wonder what Devon Claybrooks is doing. If he might like to be a defensive coordinator. Because he knows him, he's worked with him, and Devon runs a great defense, right? So that's that's what I like. There are guys that are available that aren't actually in a coaching position that maybe Killam knows that he says, well, if I'm going to run my team, I want that guy running this part. And let's right? get to the fourth guy on the list, Noel Thorpe. He's there right now. He is. Is he high on the list to be the guy? I don't know if he is. And if he isn't, what does he do? Right. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. I I think it It depends on who they bring in. Correct. I I 100% (laughs) agree with you, Heath. Yeah. If, if they bring in, okay, so let's go back to where we started. If they bring in Elizondo, Thorpe does know him. They had time in Ottawa together and he would probably be understanding of the fact that they're bringing in the offensive guy who can now be the OC at the same time. And Elizondo is likely going to come in and go, look, I'm going to oversee it, oversee everything, but you know, defense, just do what you do best, make it happen. So Thorpe stays. Do you see what I mean? Like it, it kind of makes sense right now. Let's go to Mark Killam again. He comes in as the new guy. Thorpe gets overlooked again. He has been overlooked for other head coaching positions, which to some degree, and I don't know this because I, I don't want to say for sure this is the case, but there has been some things like, well, okay, well, if he's kind of a hothead like Moss is, do we want to 
have that in a, in a head coaching position. I, I, I don't know, right? But let's say Killam comes in. Well, Killam may or may not like Thorpe or may know him or not know him. And then we don't know what happens. Or Thorpe might feel like, oh, I, I, I got snubbed again. And he might leave and then Killam has to replace him with somebody. If Thorpe moves up, there's got to be some, you know, being that he has had other times that he should have had that head coaching position and not, what is different now? Right. What what do they see different now? And also I, then we run into the same issue of then who is going to run the offense because it won't be Thorpe. Then you're still looking for you have to find an offensive coordinator somewhere. And I don't know who that person is because I met Thorpe and I like him like we had a great chat. He's he's really fun to talk to, actually, as, as a fan. Uh, he's he gets excited and, and he likes to run a, an aggressive defense. And we love that. But if he goes in, then I, I don't know what the rest of that plan looks like. In my mind, you're going to see more wholesale change if they bring in one of those guys that's that's already been a head coach. If Jones comes in or Jim Barker comes in. Oh, please don't say that again. <laughs> I, I think they've got enough of those guys that they've worked with in the past. If you're putting in somebody that it's their first time as a head coach, be it Elizondo or, or Killam, they might not have those strings to pull to get an experienced person into those positions. And like you said, if it happens to be Thorpe that moves up, I don't think you're going to see a lot of wholesale change. Obviously, they're going to need somebody to run the offense. But beyond that, I don't see them making kind of wholesale changes. No, I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you. I think that if he moves up, a lot of those guys stay because they have been working together again for the last year, not directly but basically through uh virtually so he already knows who he's who he's got there with him i think that could be interesting as well but i i don't know if it's um again the easy choice is just elizondo (laughs) he kind of fits all the bills and nobody has to move around but once they sit down and talk to these people if if killam's the guy then okay then let's make the changes we have to and but get that group together and make sure that they're uh, ready to go if again if Killam's been around for at least 13 years it's not like he doesn't know a lot of coaches remember for proper physical distancing if you're close enough to shake hands you're too close the recommended distance in CFL terms is two yards don't get a no yards penalty make sure you stay back at least two yards to maintain proper physical distancing what if Elizondo and, and Thorpe don't get along anyway? Maybe they didn't get along in Ottawa for all Possibly. we know. It's just something to think about. Yeah, I I would think, I agree with you, the, the easy fit is Elizondo. Right. The, the emotional fit is Jones, and the... No, it's not. It's not only bad. Em- that's that's bad emotional fit. Have you seen? Have you seen Twitter blow up over this? <laughs> bad emotional fit. Oh, that's just God. No, it's, that's I. I man, I, I I don't know. I look at that and I'm like, yeah, like I just I just totally feel like I could get back with my ex-wife. It'll be fine. Like, why would I do that? It was. Why would I do that? Like, no. Like, so. I don't think, I'm hoping that that's what prevails. I honestly do think uh, I would be shocked if Brock thought that Chris Jones was the best choice. I just don't see the two of them aligning very well. I think the guy for the future is Killam. I think he's the rising star. I agree. And I kind of think that one of these teams has got to snap him up sooner or later. 
and make him a head coach because I think he's just head coaching material written all over him. And for Noel Thorpe, I don't know where he's, he's the outlier. He's the one that he's already there, but I don't know if there's just that much want or desire to, to promote. I think they'd have to have, they'd have to have a plan for who's coming in on the offensive side of the ball. Like I, I think Thorpe could be the head coach in DC. I think that that would be possible, but I think they'd need an offensive plan because unless Winston October and I, I really like Winston. Um, I've only met him a few times, but I, I really like him. I know that in Ottawa, and I know a lot of times they were doing the, you know, the committee with Joe Pow Pow and all those things, trying to, to call plays and things, but that offense was not very good. <laughs> So um, I don't know if Winston's ready to take that jump, right? If anything that I saw with October when he was working in Ottawa was that he liked to attack. He he went down the field. Correct. Yeah. That's not really that's not really Trevor's game though, right? Trevor's game is one two ball out and you know seven yards, seven yards, seven yards. 20, right? Seven, seven, turn a seven into 40. Like that's what, that's, that's where Trevor excels. And so whoever is going to be that OC has got to know that that's the, you know, know how to mix it up enough to have that be the, the game. Um, and I mean, at this point, we don't really know who a starting running back is going to be for the team either. And that could make a difference as well. If you have, a, you know, a guy like Shaq Cooper coming in, well, maybe now you can balance it off a bit more with some run pass, you know, but we, he's not resigned yet. So um, we don't know who's, who's going to be that, that guy. Um, so what are the ideas that an OC would have around that? But whoever comes in, they, I, I just hope they play to Trevor's strengths. Um, when we saw it a lot last year, when, when Kilgore came in, it was like they tried to change the game plan to long ball um, instead of these short little passes that Trevor was doing. And I, I, I love Logan, but man, he has a tough time with a long ball, <laughs> like accuracy on a long ball. And we just saw that, that you're, you're not playing to the guy's strengths. And so whoever it is that's coming in, I hope they can play to Harris's strengths because we knew that Milanovic would do that. I'm going to make a bold prediction here All right. and say that uh, Thorpe moves up to head coach and defensive coordinator and Elizondo comes in, in as offensive coordinator. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it's all about the interview. It is about the interview. That is very true. That is very true. Just don't see how Elizondo says, oh, and I'll be an old coordinator again. <laughs> I just don't see it. I think he's he wants to be a head coach. Well, we've got co-general managers in one team. What about co-head coaches? <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're... You're really stretching to make us bad, aren't you? That's that's nice. Of you. I'm I'm sitting he's, here with as the the guy whose team has re-signed pretty much everybody, and they're looking really good. So and, I, I can take some flyers. And and the most consistent uh, coaching group, I think, in the entire league, other than the fact, of course, that the change now with Lapo. But and the part that I really really want to have happen is you got to have a guy who's here for the long term and ready to have his team work together to make the best out of out of their team right have their coaching team to make the best team so i think we, we yeah we need a guy who's gonna just wants to be here for years and years not just 
to and get me to the next stop. And we knew in Winnipeg that Lapple was going to get another look somewhere, but they, they groomed Buck Pierce to be the next guy, right? So he's going to step into an offense that he has been working under for a number of years, and hopefully it goes well for him as well. But um, it, yeah, you're right. It goes to show the, the culture that a team can build if they've got a good coach in place that people want to play for and want to learn under as, uh, as assistants as well. So um, good luck. And uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and and uh, I'm just going to point to the same thing, like you just said. Even in Calgary, right? They they it, it's always seems that their coaches are promoted from within, and the next guy is groomed to be able to take on that next role. And and you know, Devon Claybrooks gets his chance and goes to BC, and they still an amazing defense. <laughs> like they, it's it, they always have that next guy, and and Winnipeg and Calgary have done that very well, and that's one of the reasons that they're very successful. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. When do you think that uh, Edmonton has to have that new coach in place? Personally, I think it has to be in place before free agency. Uh, just again, going back to what I'm saying, uh, you want to know who you're playing for. I really think that if they want to have six, any type of success in free agency, you need to have you need to know who the guy is, who's who's the leader. Other than that, I would probably say then I would give it maybe up to a month past free agency, like beginning of April, uh, that you could bring somebody in because. But again, if you're going to do that, then it better be somebody who is coming in and just fitting in with the people you have. Not if you have to do an overhaul change, the 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 sooner you do it, the better. Well, we've already shortlisted for them. They've got all their candidates if they just give us a listen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's there's any reason why it should take longer than a couple of weeks. Like, I think they should be able to have somebody in place by free agency. And, Andrew, you're 100% right. They can't afford to not have somebody in place when whoever is still unsigned hits the market. Um, right. It, it's key to... The CFL is a small enough league. Everybody kind of knows everybody they're going to want to see who that, that person is that they're going to be answering to. Yeah, absolutely. That's my, that's my prediction is that they'll do it then. And then maybe shortly after that, they can tell us what we can call the team. That would be fun. (laughs) Speaking of calling the team, you've rebranded as a new podcast name. Tell us all about it. How has that been going on? Yes. Yes, we have. Um, yeah. So we are now, uh, the turf district podcast and, uh, we got that name because of, uh, that's what we call the place where we record it is <laughs> the turf district. And, um, kind of nice too, because it starts with TD if you just go short and we know we like those, so that's all good. And, uh, yeah, so we've just recorded our uh, first trailer for uh, starting back up. We're starting back up uh, next week uh, so that we can kind of go over all of the changes that have happened up coming up to free agency. And then of course the week after is free agency. And then we'll be recording the week after to catch up on all the free agency things. And I'm, I'm hoping in there we'll be able to talk to a coach, which would be great. And uh, we're kind of going to kind of slowly build back where we're doing every two weeks like we normally did in the off season. And then uh, once we get to actually getting some training camp of some kind and some games, then we'll we'll go back weekly. And all the gang is back. 
all the gang is back. Super fan Mike, Commissioner Kayla, uh, myself, we are all back. And uh, the format is going to change slightly in the fact that we're going to do a little just more conversational um, and not so many segments like we had before. Uh, but uh, I mean, Mike is always good to bring in lots of interesting history stuff. Um, and Kayla is always exciting to, to bring in, you know, um, just wacky comments and so much fun and, and making us laugh and, and her passion for the team is, is really vibrant. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get to get back to talking to my friends every couple of weeks. Cause I, I really miss them and, and I'm excited to get back and, and connecting with all the people that we haven't chatted with in a while. Well, I'm really looking forward to it and you know, I'll be a subscriber. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And and you can now go uh, to write to um, Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, hopefully Google Play right away, and you can hit subscribe already. There is a like a just a one minute teaser trailer on there, so you kind of know what's coming. And uh, then we will be uh, firing it up. Like I said, we'll be on YouTube Live uh, Monday night, February the first, and February second, the the first big show should be out. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Andrew. I always appreciate you being here to to give us some insight on what's going on in Edmonton it seems like it's a hopping happening place well maybe <laughs> next time when I come on I could talk about good things <laughs> be, you know, one day it's gonna happen Don I'm telling you one day I'm coming on this show and we're gonna talk about something being good with this football team I know it's gonna happen I'm positive thank you for having me and uh, listening to me blabber on I always appreciate it Hey, you're an awesome guest, and he thanks for joining in on short notice too. I really appreciate it. No problem. It's great to meet Andrew and have a chat with him as well. Thank you for listening to our show. Third Down Gamble is hosted on Podbean. Third Down Gamble can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at Third Down Gamble. Join us again next time. The Third Down Gamble Podcast. Audio worth watching.